Long time no see, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Gotham City Sports Report. I'll be your host, Nicholas Frangopoulos, and without further ado, let's get into it. So, just to let you guys know, had a lot going on personally. That's why uh, episode two took a little bit to record here, but um, been uh, a lot of news since the last time we spoke here in uh, tri-state area sports. So, um, first thing I wanted to start off with is the Mets and the Yankees. I know I talked about getting into this last time. Uh, wanted to do a full episode, but given the circumstances, I think it's it's fair to say it's time to talk about them. So, obviously a lot has happened since the trade deadline. The Mets uh, pretty much sold off the entire team. Yankees decided to stand pat, not make a single move. And um, interestingly enough, you know, the Mets have been playing probably the best ball that they've played all year. Uh, playing very scrappy. Um, you know, winning games. I know last night they lost, uh, they lost to Anaheim 3-1. to Kodai Senga, you know, losing pitcher there. Not really going to sit there and blame him. But, um, I, I think where the Mets stand right now, things are very interesting. They obviously went from being a bottom-of-the-league farm system to now, you could argue, top 10. And whether or not... You know, they're going to keep the same people in place next year or bring in a president of baseball operations, call it what you will. I, I think they've positioned themselves after the deadline to have a very bright future and build this thing up the right way. Now, how that pertains to the other team in New York, um, to put it lightly, they are in the pits. Uh I was of the opinion that they should have sold at the deadline. I, I did not think they were in a position to buy at the deadline and maybe make a push because I think regardless of what they did at the deadline, they were not getting to the World Series. Um, and I, I think at the end of the day, in any sport, if you don't think you can get a championship out of a season, then you do everything you can to make sure that the following years you're in a position to to win a championship. Um, I think a lot of Yankees fans that I've spoken to, you know, they're unsure of the future. And, and, and that's kind of the worst feeling is that when you don't make any moves at the deadline, you're not just saying that you're complacent, but you're also saying you're not really sure of what direction you want to take this team. And, Yes, you know, they, they had success as recently as a season ago, but are you really going to sit there and attribute everything this year to bad fortune, bad luck, injuries, etc., etc.? Or do you look in the mirror and you say, you know, things with Cashman and Boone are not, not working out and, and, and make a change? Um, so... So that's just the, the brief bit of baseball I wanted to get into. I, I think one more note I'd like to add with the Mets is there's been a lot of rumors out there regarding Pete Alonso and, and his future with the team. I'm kind of torn on this. I love Pete. Pete is a, a, a definite face of this current team's franchise, but... The, the fact of the matter is, is that Pete Alonso is not going to be Aaron Judge anytime soon. He is not going to bat for average while hitting 40 to 50 home runs a season. 
And he's not going to command the type of contract that Judge commanded when he hit free agency. And with that comes the tough decision of whether or not you want to move on from Alonzo. You know, he plays a position that isn't highly paid. Um, I think an important thing to note is that Pete Alonzo is a very big union guy. And with these union guys, they kind of try and make a statement and try and change the way that certain positions are viewed. And I could see Pete being one of those guys that tries to command more than he's worth. And do you want to go through the headache and the public battle of all of that if you're Steve Cohen in the Mets? Personally, I wouldn't. And I think the return you can get for Alonzo is very good. Now, on the flip side of all that, because I like to remain objective here, is that, as I said, he is a face of this franchise. He is a leader in that clubhouse. Those guys, they are invaluable. There, there, there isn't a number you can put on, on the intangibles that those guys provide. So, I don't really know where the Mets are going to go with this, personally. I think you at least have to explore the option of moving on. But at the end of the day, if Pete and the Mets can come to a fair agreement, I think it is in the interest of all parties to keep him here. And I think that would be the best move going forward. So that that wraps up about the uh, the baseball segment of, of today's episode. But um, not much going on with the Knicks. Uh I did want to note that I saw a poll <laughs> regarding the worst GM for the Knicks in, in the modern day era. And, you know, Phil Jackson was on that list and it just kind of blew my mind. I mean, it really shouldn't considering how bad they've had, they, they've been with uh, some of their decision makers, but um, I can't stress how bad Phil Jackson was and how much he takes the cake for me, at least, uh, when you factor in how he came here, Mike Woodson was in place, had one bad year. And and I don't attribute that bad year to coaching. And he just destroyed everything that was in place. Um, public, public disputes with Carmelo Anthony. Uh, it, it just was ugly. Everything Phil Jackson did was ugly, and it just reeked of a guy who had a massive ego, but also no idea what he was doing when it came to building a team. So I just wanted to touch on that, because I just can't see any scenario where anyone feels differently. But, you know, if you do have any thoughts, feel free to tell me about them. Um, yeah, <laughs> that, that that's going to wrap up that, uh, you know. Once basketball season starts to, to ramp up, I'll definitely get more into that to that uh, side of things. But uh, not much going on right now. But definitely wanted to touch on that uh, that decision maker poll I saw on Twitter. Or X as we're calling it now. Um, big news today. Uh, obviously the Jets and Giants are playing each other uh, preseason. Final week before things get real. Um, since the last time I've hosted, <laughs> Jets have made some moves, you know, bringing in Dalvin Cook was obviously a very large one, but, you know, Mekhi Becton seems to have taken that right tackle job, and it's his to lose. We'll see how he performs tonight. Um, protecting Aaron Rodgers 
you know, the Jets' most valuable asset that they're deciding to play in a preseason game. Not sure how I feel about that. Uh, Corey Davis decided to retire this week. Uh, just wanted to give my thoughts on that. Most of which being, you know, Corey was a very well-respected guy in that Jets locker room. He kept some really bad things together uh, during, you know, the uh, the last two seasons when things really started to go south. And I wish him nothing but the best. Corey Davis was a consummate professional. The example of everything you would want out of a locker room leader. And, uh, you know, I hope on a personal level that everything is all right and that this was just a decision to walk away from football because he had no interest in it. Or maybe the Jets told him, hey, look, we can't guarantee you're going to be here past the deadline. And I know he recently had a second child. Maybe he didn't want to put his family through that uh, with, with some of the thoughts that he had. But, but yeah, uh, back, back, back to the actual game tonight. Um, the Giants, you know, are looking to come in. I'm not sure if they're going to be playing starters, if at all. Uh, they've looked great this preseason. Uh, I think it's it's very well known that um, those who follow me know I am a Jets fan. I am a Jets season ticket holder. But I do keep a very close eye on the guys cross town. A lot of Giants fans of mine, you know, we love talking ball. We love discussing everything about ball. And that includes our favorite teams. So, you know, I've kept a close eye on the Giants. And uh, they... I think the thing that surprised me the most in their last outing was just how big of a leap that offense seems to have taken in year two under Brian Dable and Mike Kafka's watch. Uh, the addition of Waller obviously being a humongous part of that. But I think you're going to see Daniel Jones in particular take a monster leap this year kind of cement himself in that that top 12 to 15 QBs in the league but you know obviously a lot has to go right for them the Giants have drafted well recently uh, you know they traded a seventh round pick for Isaiah Simmons, which was a fantastic move in my opinion. I think Wink Martindale's going to make the most of that opportunity. And you know, it'll be fun tonight to watch to watch the Giants, you know, go against the Jets starters. Cause we already know that this team has what it takes to make the playoffs. But in order for them to go from the playoffs to being a contender, they have to not just take a leap on defense, but also take a gigantic leap on offense. And I, I've seen that out of the Giants so far, following their camp, seeing them in the preseason. I, I think I, I think the NFC, you know, it kind of runs through Philadelphia, but anything can happen in division games. And if the Giants take the leap that... I hope, for their fans' sake, they take. I think you're going to see, you know, some interesting thing happen um, in the preseason and the the regular and see it carry over to the regular season. But you know, they're going against the Jets tonight. Jets going to be playing their starters, like I said. Going to be playing Aaron Rodgers. Um, kind of excited, obviously. Also very nervous. 
I I think I saw a funny graphic on the internet, you know, that describes the Jets' luck in years ending in three uh, regarding their starting quarterbacks in preseason. And I'm not even going to put it out there, but if you want to look that up, yeah, it hasn't been pretty. But, you know, I, I think... I think the big thing that Robert Sala talked about this week is that you can't coach scared. The Bills are playing their starters. That's your week one opponent. You want to be as tuned for the regular season as you possibly can be, especially against your first opponent of the year. And, you know, if Aaron wants it, Aaron's going to get it. I think that's been pretty much established. Not sure who he's going to be out there with. That's, you know, the big question for me is I'll be more comfortable with it if you're running the first offensive line, you're running the first team defense, you're running the first team wide receivers. You know, Alan Lazard has an AC joint injury he's nursing right now. I don't think we're going to see him out there. I think with the retirement of Corey Davis, though, you know, Malik Taylor and Jace, Jason Brownlee, sorry if, uh, if I got that one wrong, um, they have a great opportunity. To, to nab that wide receiver four or five spot, especially because those are the bigger guys on the team. You know, Jets don't have a lot of size. Brownlee, I think, fits that role best, but, you know, haven't really seen the training camp performance translate to the preseason field yet. Granted, you know, it's been Tim Boyle throwing most of the passes to Brownlee, and... Yeah, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been good, so to speak. So, you know, I think if Lazard is out, you got Garrett Wilson out there. Not sure who the running backs are going to be. Obviously, it's not going to be Cook. He hasn't practiced once. Brees Hall, don't even think they're going to chance it. But Michael Carter is very serviceable. Most importantly, offensive line. I need to see Dwayne Brown out there, Lakin Tomlinson, Connor McGovern, AVT, and Mekhi Becton working together. If it's Billy Turner at left tackle, I don't want to see Aaron get more than one one series. And in that series, I want him handing off the ball every single time. Billy Turner has not played well this, this training camp. He has not played well in the preseason. The last thing I need is to see a D-end trying to make his football career a reality, flying off the edge, and hitting Aaron on the backside. That's That's not what we want. So, again, you have to find the balance of of not coaching scared, but you can't coach stupid either. Um, Not to say that I'm calling the coaches stupid, but, but I don't know. It's, it's, It's a scary thought. So, we'll see. Jets Giants set to kick off tonight, I think, around 6.30 p.m. at MetLife Stadium. I was hoping to be able to attend the game. But uh, just not in the cards. So that's pretty much going to wrap it up for this episode of the Gotham City Sports Report. Good to be back in the saddle. You know, like I said, been dealing with some personal things, (laughs) prepping for a wedding, uh, working my ass off at the 9 to 5. And, um, you know, kind of... Kind of fell off the radar a little bit there, but, you know, I'm hoping once the regular season starts, once basketball starts, we get to the baseball offseason, hockey starts, there's going to be a lot more content to discuss. Um, so that that 
that'll really drive that itch for me to get back in the chair and, and record more of these episodes. But wanted to cover at least some of the topics today, throw them out there. So this episode's going to be, uh, haven't been able to get it set up for, for Apple Podcasts yet, but, you know, Spotify's been a dream to work with. And, you know, through uh, RSS feed, I'm able to get this on YouTube. So if you're watching from YouTube, please sound off in the comments below. Let me know what you think of some of the things that I mentioned today. And uh, see you all in the next one. This is Nick signing off.